I'm Stone Gossard. I play guitar. I'm Eddie Vitter, and I sing. I and do. Tell me about Pearl Jam. What are you guys about? What's the band about? What sort of music do you play? It's a good question. Uh, generally, I think that we're a rock band. Very generally. I think that uh, where we will go is up in the air still.
Greetings, welcome to All That Sacred, unofficial podcast for the Pearl Jam fan. This is the 81st episode in a collector series, and I'm your host, Donnie. I had to think about that because uh, it's not that we're getting up there so much numbers, it's just been so damn long since I last did a podcast. And of course, I don't have to tell you, being a Pearl Jam fan, what's going on this weekend. It's the big PJ20 Fest at Alpine Valley. I'm not there. I know a lot of other people aren't there. I was actually on a business trip last night to uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, was kind of drowning my sorrows at uh, this hotel-type place that I was staying at. It's, uh, it's kind of resorty, but not like anything fancy. But anyway, I was I got pretty drunk. Uh, I was sitting on my laptop uh, trying to scheme ways to, to get to Alpine Valley, looking at like my frequent flyer balance and all this stuff and I uh, was like I said sulking and drowning my sorrows woke up this morning with a hangover still don't feel a hundred percent but on the drive home today uh, I figured I'd continue to drown my sorrows but uh, and I'd continue to sulk but I figured I'd do it a little bit more productively and remembered the last time I made that trip to Portland about three weeks ago on the way home, I listened to the last podcast that I had done, uh, number 80, <laughs> way back in May, and I was cracking myself up listening to myself on the podcast talking about, oh, I'm going to get back on a regular rotation again, and, uh, you know, bi-weekly, and, uh, you know, here we are, what, like over three months later, and finally, you know, something new. I'm excited. I actually have a lot of nervous energy just dusting the microphone off plugging it back in and talking to all you guys so uh, I just want to start off initially and just say thanks because uh, I just posted something on Facebook here a second ago uh, saying I was going to do this and people are stoked for it and and I'm st I'm stoked in return uh, I've gotten a lot of correspondence here over the last three months and even just like a couple of days or weeks ago people saying that they really missed the podcast and hope to hear it again someday so I'm happy to provide it for you I don't know I'm not gonna be as bold to say as uh, I'm gonna get back on any kind of rotation or, or anything like that but um, you know the, have a long weekend I don't have anything else to do and uh, I have to exercise some stuff out you know because i'm not an alpine and um you know it's it's not for you know just being totally self-indulgent here for a second not doing the podcast over the last three months was not for lack of intent or desire uh i just haven't had the time i'm getting my ass kicked at work which i guess is a good problem to have uh when i first started the podcast i didn't have a job at all uh, and I had an abundance of time and, and that was an outlet for me to, uh, you know, just be productive and feel like I was doing something and most importantly, connecting with people, <laughs> other humans. Um, so actually it kind of saved me during a time that was pretty rough and, uh, I'll never, you know, I always appreciate that and never forget it. And I've talked about the, this endlessly before, so you know, I made notes and actually had a whole podcast fleshed out before ideas and just never had the time to sit down and record it. So this is actually, you know, what we're doing today, what we're playing today is actually something I sketched out a little bit ago. 
um, you know, to get the podcast started there today. There's a little clip with Stone and Ed, mostly Stone, and an old, old, old interview when the guys were just babies, just getting going, had no idea of uh, what the next 20 years would bring. You know, probably could never imagine, you know, what's going down this weekend. Um, and a great demo version, early demo version of Breath to get things started on today's podcast. So our theme today is uh, I was just kind of reflecting, you know, there's a lot of reflection going on with the band. They've finally taken the, you know, the opportunity to look back uh, with this Pearl Jam 20, not just the festival that's going on this weekend, but the Cameron Crowe movie that we got coming up, the book coming up, uh, written by Jonathan Cohen. And, um, you know, with them looking back, I've been looking back. We do a lot of that on the podcast. And I was thinking, yeah, uh, good ideas for a theme. Um, and one thing that I never really explored is, and this is just going to be totally about me, <laughs> but um, songs that grabbed you immediately, you know, uh, off the album, the uh, your initial favorite off of every album. And so... I figure that's what I'm going to do here today. So we're going to go, because, uh, and it just worked out perfect, because it, it's kind of a, provides a little bit of a timeline, and what better time to do that. So start with 10, and, you know, uh, the song Live, I talked about in the very first podcast, resonated with me immediately. The very first time I heard it, it was premiering on a radio station in Atlanta. I heard it, it blew me away, and I, it's fair to say that Pearl Jam instantaneously became my favorite band just hearing that song for the first time. And as much as I love that song, probably my my initial favorite off the album 10 was Even Flow. I just I loved it. And I loved the album version, but I really loved the re-recorded version that was used in the video. And for the longest time, you know, I'd see the video on MTV and I just I couldn't get enough. I mean, the video is just high energy and awesome and you know really captures the live experience at the time and the the production on on the version the re-recorded version of even flow is grittier and uh, just better in my opinion than what was on 10 and even dave cruzen when i had the opportunity to interview him on the podcast some time ago was talking about how uh, that was the one song that just gave those guys fits during the recording of 10 and that he personally felt like they never got it right. And obviously the rest of the band did too because they re-recorded it with Dave Abruzzese at a later date. So to get things rolling here, uh, to dive right into podcast number 81, we're going to play that re-recorded version of Even Flow because it's just awesome it was the song, you know, that resonated with me the most off of that first album, 10, back in 1991, and uh, sounds a little bit like, uh, sounds sounds a little something, <laughs> bear with me, it's been a while, sounds a little something like this. Oh, yeah. 
died and you just I died and you watched I died and you walked by and said no I'm dead Okay, so that's the re-recorded version of Evenflow, and what I failed to say in the introduction to that song is I finally found that song after searching high and low. I discovered singles, uh, imported singles, and typically back in the day, those were like 15 bucks or something like that, but this one Japanese EP single that had that re-recorded version of Evenflow on it cost 25 fucking dollars, and I gladly paid it for that uh just to get that song so it had dirty frank and the version of alive that was used during the video which is different than the album as well it's like a live version of alive i played that way back on podcast number one um so anyway um stoked to play that for you and uh sitting here looking at it and this is going to be a long one, so I hope you guys are, are comfortable. This can just be like our soundtrack uh, as we try to avoid the message pit and try to avoid Facebook and Twitter, but you know and I know we're going to be checking in all weekend and kicking ourselves for not being at Alpine and hearing, you know, seeing it and experiencing it for ourselves in person. We just have to live vicariously through all our fellow fans that are there but uh, i personally feel lucky to be close enough to canada because uh, I, I do have vancouver to look forward to uh, later this month uh, i'd be crying a lot harder if i still lived in georgia um but uh anyway that's neither here nor there let's get back into the music here pretty quickly because uh, we got a lot to plow through and uh we've already spent 20 minutes today and uh Early on the second album, we got a song from every other album to play. So the next one will be uh, two back to back a song from Versus, a song from Vitology. These are songs that immediately resonated with me upon hearing something that new from an album uh, or hearing an album. My, my initial favorites from every single album. So I had Even Flow and uh, Off of Versus. It was. I'm going to say it was Animal, and I'm going to say it's because it's the first song I really heard, uh, and that was on the MTV VMAs, I think, in 1993. Uh, I was just starving for new Pearl Jam stuff. They were on there. They played the shit out of Animal, and then Neil Young came out and played Rockin' in the Free World with them. Uh, we've played that on the podcast before. We never played that version of Animal, so we're going to play that for you. Then we're going to play one. Uh, for my first show, which was the April 3rd, 1994 show in Atlanta, Georgia at the Fox Theater. I played some songs uh, in advance of what would be on Vitology. Uh, I think it was like the third or fourth song that night. They played Whippin' and it just knocked my socks off.
Just listen to that now. It's just like so hard for me to believe that that is so long ago, way back in 1994. I will never forget that show. I feel super lucky to have been at that particular show. Saw the band at that, you know, during that era. I mean, it was just so awesome, so intense. Uh, I, that night, they opened with the release and was killer and then they played rearview mirror then they played whipping and then i think they played even flow or something like that actually i got it right here in front of me yeah even flow good memory and i don't even i i don't think it was until they got to even flow that i could even like sing along i mean and now it's just part of it i mean it's such a communal thing you're just singing along and having a great time but Back then, it was the first time I saw the band. The anticipation was so high. They came through Atlanta, where I was living at the time, during Lollapalooza, and I just couldn't make it work. But, I I mean, when release started and Eddie started singing, and I, I mean, it literally took my breath away. I, I couldn't, I, I just was just totally bowled over by the whole experience. I couldn't even just give myself entirely to the music in the moment because I was just absolutely floored it was it was fantastic as i'm sitting here drunkenly knock my paper off my my desk uh as i reminisce so anyway uh never forget that night great great song great bootleg uh just feel so lucky to be a fan of this band and um you know even though i'm not an alpine so we're all commiserating here this weekend together uh, and, uh, maybe, maybe if I get this up in time, it'll make somebody's soundtrack as they tailgate or something. So if so, if so, hello, hello, everybody fuckers. Uh, I say that with, uh, envious love. So we're going to move along now to no code and yield, uh, two of my favorite, favorite albums, uh, of the band's entire catalog. And uh, one of the reasons why is I thought I think there is a, a maturation in the band's songwriting uh, to try new things, new sounds. Uh, but beyond even that, uh, the production on these albums is freaking fantastic, and that's in large part due to Brendan O'Brien. They're just so layered and rich, definite headphone albums to listen to. Um, I, I just I, I love them. I love those, and so as a result of that, we're gonna do something uh, right now that we've did far too little of on the podcast before. Hindsight being what it is, we're gonna play the album versions of these songs because I think as fans we get spoiled with these freaking bootlegs, and I know for myself, I'll go months if not if not years at times before popping in a Pearl Jam album and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> I got th- this album, it's great. You know, you should listen to the album and not just freaking bootlegs all the time. So um, that's what we're going to do here. We're going to play a song from No Code, a song from Yield, both of which were my initial favorites off of those albums because that's our theme today. And off of No Code, it's uh, In My Tree, uh, fantastic song the production's awesome it really highlights the drumming of jack the drumming of jack irons who 
no disrespect to Matt Cameron or anybody else, but Jack Irons is probably my favorite drummer that's ever sat behind the kit for Pearl Jam. Um, and I, I just really love the message of this song. It's just a great, it's just great uh, lyrics. It's just fantastic. And then we're going to move right into a song from Yield. And uh, for whatever reason, and I'm not saying that to denigrate the song, but uh, just didn't, you know, uh, you, you know, the first couple we played we were all hard rocking. And, you know, the band branched out and did more things um, that were slower. And I'm fucking rambling now, but uh, I'm not going to stop. This is it. You're getting the raw, unedited footage. I'm not re-recording anything. Um, they, <laughs> they did songs that were just... Uh, there, there's a lot of experimentation on Yield, actually, and I love it all. I love Push Me, Pull Me. I love the little red dot song. Uh, but one song that, on the surface of it, when I first would sit down and think about it, wouldn't be a natural favorite for me, but the one that resonated with me the most... Uh, was my initial favorite off that album. I really love that song, Faithful. And um, I think it's underappreciated, and I think they don't play it enough live. But I've been lucky to see it, I think, once. And um, so I'm stoked for that. But fuck live, we're going to play the album version because it's great. Uh, Another album produced by Brennan O'Brien, and it's just fantastic. So here you go, a couple more back-to-back. No Code, initial favorite off of that. In My Tree. Yield, initial favorite off of that. Faithful, both are the album versions uh, because that's how they need to be appreciated, in my opinion. We didn't do that enough uh, going back and listening to the old podcast, so we're going to do it here now. Up here in my tree. Stories with the leaves instead. 
Okay, so that was In My Tree and Faithful back-to-back, both of which were the album versions, both of which were my initial favorites off of those albums, No Code and Yield. And that's our theme today. We're exploring my initial favorites off of those albums. And uh, in addition to that, we're sitting here and commiserating because we're not at Pearl Jam 20. Or maybe some of you are actually listening from Pearl Jam 20, I find that hard to believe there's enough to distract you, at least for this weekend. Maybe you're catching up on this podcast after the fact, and if so, I hope you had a great time. Uh, but we're just sitting here living through you guys vicariously and gals right now. And, um, you know, a lot of my Pearl Jam fan website peers are there right now. I know. The folks at Two Feet Thick are there right now. They're probably the penultimate Pearl Jam fan site out there on the web. I anticipate lots of good reporting over the weekend from JR, Jessica, and Kathy, as well as the guys that run the Grammy.net site. And they're actually trying to bring the experience to us who aren't lucky enough to be there, which is pretty awesome. And I have to say, uh, I totally appreciate that. If you go to Grimmy.net right now, they actually, it diverts you. You don't go to their regular awesome site that has crap loads of music to download for free. Uh, but it's taking you to a site. It's a photo wall of pictures that are submitted by other fans experiencing this Pearl Jam 20 Destination Weekend. So... In a way, I guess we could like interpret that as rubbing it in our face, but also, you know, I actually kind of appreciate that uh, uh, that they're bringing that their experience to me, who's not lucky enough to be there. So, um, good work, uh, you guys there at Grimmy.net. Um Rob, the Rob, and the Tim, Pearl Jam Radio. I know Rob is going to be uh i don't know if they're going to do a a live broadcast be great they did uh i guess that's still undetermined at this point but i know uh, from what i understand rob's going to be checking in uh throughout the weekend giving updates what's going on and so that's cool and uh also appreciated by all of us who aren't there uh to attend but one of my pearl jam fan uh you know, fan run web peers, I guess you could say, and actually a big cheerleader of all that sacred. And from the very beginning is Brandon, who runs uh, the news feed over at the Sky Ice Grape and is a moderator on the Red Mosquito board over there. Uh, he's not he's not there. He's in the Carolinas right now, and actually called in to the podcast voicemail, and I actually forgot. <laughs> I forgot this thing existed. He sent me an email, said he had an idea for something to call in. He was wanting to call it. So I actually had to find the number and call it myself to make sure it still worked, and it did. So he was cool enough to call in and, um, you know, provide a little story in his Pearl Jam history that uh, would maybe make all of us feel better for not being at Pearl Jam 20. Keep in mind, he's not there either. So let's take a listen to that right now. Donnie, it's Brandon from theskyscrape.com. Hey, listen, I'm on my way to Shark Shark Night 3D when I could be at PJ20. Just wasn't in the cards for me. But listen, I wanted to call and give you a story that might bring some of your listeners who are stuck at home when they could be in Wisconsin 
a little bit of solace. So it was 1996, and I was all ready to see Pearl Jam on the No Code Tour. Uh, it was a year they didn't go with Ticketmaster, so when I called in to get my tickets, the phone lines melted. I don't even know if that's really possible. It might have just been a made-up story. Regardless, I got a busy signal for hours on end. So then we heard, well, the radio station, oh, no, there you can get tickets again. It's coming up again. You got another chance. Well, I didn't get that chance either. Called for two hours both times, busy signals. Makes the F5 uh, fiasco look pretty good. Anyhow, then, turns out I was a member of 10 Club, and what I didn't know is I got a ticket deal. I didn't know that back in 96, but I got a letter that said, hey, we got a ticket for you. All you got to do, I don't know, I had to write it on an index card. I had to tape it to the back of a carrier pigeon or some ridiculous bullshit that I had to do to get my card in. But I did it, and I got it in, and I was ready to roll. I'd never been so excited. It was going to be the first time I was ever going to see Pearl Jam. I was going to see him in Toledo, Toledo, Ohio. Anyhow, I got that letter back in the mail. I was all ready for my tickets. You know what it was? It was a rejection letter. Turns out they underestimated how many people would come from Detroit to Toledo to see the concert, and there weren't enough tickets for me to go. Well, needless to say, I was not happy. I sent 10 Club about the most scathing letter I've ever sent to anyone. I told them I was quitting, told them I was throwing all of my Pearl Jam material into a fire, and they could all go to hell. Well, that was a bluff. I held on to those things. And strangely enough, I wonder if they even read that letter, because two years later, when Pearl Jam was touring for Yield, I got a letter, and turns out Pearl Jam had saved me a seat. They knew that they had screwed me over in 96, and they were going to make up for it. Well, two years later, I was over there on the McCready side of the stage. I was in row five, and I'd never had, I'd never had my face melted off quite so well. They opened with Hail Hail. And it had to be one of the crowning moments of my Pearl Jam fandom. And let me tell you, I've spent some money on Pearl Jam since. So my uh, my promise to ban or to uh, boycott all things Pearl Jam went right down the tubes. So that's all to tell your fans, hey, don't lose hope. You may be missing Pearl Jam 20, but listen, there's going to be a Pearl Jam 30. There's going to be a Pearl Jam 2012. So relax. They'll come back around, and you'll catch them next time, and you won't even remember. So uh, let me just explain to you what happened there. Brandon called in, and he didn't have a stopwatch ready because with the Google Voice account that I set up for the podcast, you only get three minutes. So you can't exceed that. It'll cut you off. It cut him off. But, uh, you know, he was going to end it there uh, on a rosy note. And uh, I definitely appreciate that. Definitely appreciate him calling in. If uh, if you're actually wanting to uh, call in sometime, uh, it you know it still works. It's seven oh seven sacred nine, which equates to seven oh seven seven two two seven three three nine. And I really appreciate his story. That's pretty pretty cool. And I appreciate the sentiment that uh, you know there's always another show. Uh, and I appreciate him calling in with a clear, well thought out message, well spoken message versus my slightly intoxicated ramblings today. And I, I, I have a feeling this is going to turn out pretty rough, but it is what it is. It's the first time back after three months and it's just kind of by the seat of my pants. So I hope you dig it nonetheless. 
So having said all that, I really appreciate the the sentiment of that voicemail. And we're, you know, we're going to end it today on a bit of an upbeat note. But for the this exact moment, um, I still want to express some discontent and uh, frustration with these next two songs, which were my initial favorites of the next two albums by Norrell and Riot Act.
right, so that was Grievance from Saratoga Springs on August 27, 2000, followed by a YouTube rip of Half Full, which is from that Chop Suey video shoots. I think that was filmed sometime around September 6, 2002. Uh, both those songs were my initial favorites off the albums by Norrell and Riot Act. And, of course, that's our theme today, my initial favorites off of each album. And as I said, as an introduction to those two songs, you know, these songs are expressing some type of discontent. And I was kind of giving Brandon a bad time about trying to, you know, be positive and in light of us all missing Pearl Jam 20 right now. And, you know, of course, I was just busting his chops on that. And actually, you know, I actually do agree with trying to have a positive attitude and these next couple songs, especially this next song, uh, really kind of are a great example of that. And that's the tune Life Wasted off of the Avocado album. Uh, definitely, definitely my favorite song off of that album. Initially and probably still um, lyrically, this song really resonates with me uh, because it... Uh, it's kind of a rejection of uh, being discontent and frustrated and pissed off all the time and just kind of wasting your life wallowing in that kind of bullshit. And it's a good reminder for me because my natural inclination is to be pissed off and frustrated and negative, um, especially growing up. I just, uh, and it's weird because it's like my own personal evolution, but you can see it in the band and their music and then Eddie's lyrics and then Eddie Vedder, I think even himself himself, one of the things that initially drew me to the band and drew me to the music and the lyrics were, you know, real aggressive music, real aggressive uh, lyrics. Sometimes not necessarily like negative, uh, but not necessarily positive either. Uh, but it was it was more a comfort knowing like hey I'm not the only one that feels pissed off about this or pissed off about that, um, and that's good to kind of like exercise that stuff. But it's not something you want to live with and live in uh, because it's not very productive. So that's one thing I really appreciate about like the band and and Ed specifically as a songwriter is like their own maturation and growth as a not just an artist but like as an individual and and this song is a perfect example of that and and how it applies to me in my own life and I just think it's a great reminder um I'm just a big fan of this tune and uh, it's from the Letterman broadcast uh to hype the avocado album and of course they recorded this and i am mine which were good for broadcast but then much like right now they did something special of course it was a more of a micro way uh they had a bunch of fans in the ed selvin's theater dave letterman got done recording he gave them basically the ed selvin theater for the rest of the night the guys played an extended set to a bunch of rabid fans and it was just awesome. It was a great, great set. A bunch of sing-alongs, especially during songs like uh, Present Tense. And um, just a great night. And, you know, as a treat, they, they brought all of us there 
via a webcast and you know I remember watching it in the afternoon after coming home from work and just thinking wow this is great and couldn't have been more excited for uh, for the avocado album after that so uh, play that for you from Letterman Life Wasted fantastic song fantastic version my initial favorite probably still my favorite from that album and then my initial favorite was uh, it's kind of a weird trend here my initial favorite off of Backspacer was Got Some and the trend I'm referring to is uh, usually my initial favorite was the first song I really got to hear off the new album uh, be it like Animal from Versus or Whippin' uh, Grievance they played that on Letterman that was the first tune I heard off of uh, Binaural so <laughs> I see kind of a trend uh, here and uh, Got Some was one of the first songs I heard off of Backspacer, and that was, uh, of course, from the Conan broadcast. Uh, we're not going to play the Conan broadcast. Uh, this is getting a little too repetitive since we're just doing the Letterman thing. So I found a great version from uh, August 28th, in 2009, San Francisco. So uh, play these two songs for you back to back, come back, ramble a little more, and then wrap up today's podcast. <laughs>
that. Like I said, I got some. It was from San Francisco, August 28, 2009. We're going to stay in San Francisco because it just seems like a good place to stay to close out today's podcast. So I got one more song to play for you from San Francisco. Different year, though, 2006. Uh, and it's also keeping within, you know, our turn towards positivity to end today's podcast. So. Yeah, we're missing Pearl Jam 20, but uh, I'm sure we're, you know, going to get to experience it in some form. Maybe they'll do a webcast via Pearl Jam Radio. Maybe I'm sure there'll be like a bootleg or maybe even like a DVD at a very at the very mi- minimum. <laughs> we'll get to live through our fellow fans vicariously on Facebook and the pit and Twitter. And as much as I know you guys are trying to avoid it this weekend, you know you're going to look I know I'm going to look too. So, uh, 
hopefully today's podcast is a nice little way for us to reconvene and commiserate kind of get reconnected here uh it's been fun for me i hope it's been fun for you too uh just to kind of sit down and drown our sorrows and kind of take a little walk down memory lane in chronological order exploring my initial favorites off of every single pearl jam album and uh started the podcast day with uh not a b-side but a tune from a uh not an album from a soundtrack and so we're gonna end today's podcast with a song that's not from an album (laughs) easy for me to say uh and it's a b-side so i'm getting a little tired and uh still don't feel that great and uh a little intoxicated too so this would be a great place to end the podcast and end it on a upbeat note and that's with the tune down and much like life wasted this is another song that's very personal to me uh great reminder of uh not letting yourself be overwhelmed by darkness and negativity in your life and actually something i needed here even real recently because here lately it's just been all work and no play for me i have felt totally imbalanced and uh i'm so grateful to have a job and actually the company i work for is a great company that's why i'm (laughs) working so hard and so dedicated uh to doing trying to do a good job i like it's a good opportunity it's good people and um you know i just want to do a good job and so having said all that you still need balance in your life you still need things that are fun and and i wasn't getting enough of that and and felt like i was just being swallowed up by just all work and no play and um and found down actually that's i I found down i found this version down from san francisco um in 2006 on youtube there's a great video of it and that's how i got sucked into a youtube rabbit hole and ultimately like stumbled on some of the things we play tonight like that youtube rip of half full from chop suey yada 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 so anyway who gives a shit um i'm rambling now i hope you enjoyed today's podcast it's really good to be back talking to you guys i hope it wasn't too painful uh too disjointed too rambly uh but it's nice to be back behind the mic and talking to you guys and playing the songs and exploring this music and our experiences as fans and stuff like that so um if you didn't get to go to the Pearl Jam 20, you know, I'm right there with you. And if you did get to go, I hope you had a blast and uh, can't wait to hear about it. Hope to see you guys on the road. Hope to see you guys around. Uh, until then, what do I say here? I always forget. Um, you've been listening to this 81st installment of All That Sacred, unofficial podcast for the Pearl Jam fan. I'm your host, Donnie. And until next time, and I don't know when that's going to be, uh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs>